happy to tell you about a pretty fascinating podcast. It's about to come back. It's worth a listen. First Day Back is the name of it. It's an amazing podcast about people returning from the hardest experiences of their lives. Last season was about a woman coming back from prison for shooting her own husband. That's how you come out of the gate with a season one right there. Got a new season dropping. It's all about a comedian who died on stage. And I mean, I've died on stage. I've bombed on stage. We call that dying out there. No, this is a comedian who actually died on stage. His heart stopped for five minutes. Podcast shows you what happened next. Check out First Day Back in your podcast app now and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Hello to all my fellow cool cats. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. About to hear a live episode. Happened uh, in New York City. We were invited to be a part of something called Team Coco House. This was uh, one of my heroes, Conan O'Brien, had organized the stage. Got to be a part of it. It's awesome. This is not a paid advertisement, but Conan, I'm just saying it because I'm a fan. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It's a new podcast here on uh, the Earwolf Stitcher Family Podcast, and I've listened to every episode, and I'm obsessed with it, as I long have been with Conan. I've been lucky to meet the guy a few times. Um, I'll talk to you more about the episode you're about to hear in a second. First, though, I just wanted to do one quick thing. Last week in the intro to the show, I said, hey, international listeners, go in the Facebook group. Tell me where you're listening from. And there's a thread, and it exploded. It's got almost 900 comments. Here's just some of the things that jumped out. I didn't know we had anybody listening in Daigo, South Korea, or Hong Kong, or Cernavaca, Mexico. So many people listening in Perth, Australia. Perth, Australia is weirdly the spiritual home of Beautiful Anonymous. It's Stuttgart, Germany, Maputo, Mozambique, people listening in Oman, and Doha, Qatar, Wellington, New Zealand, Malta. We got people listening in the small island nation of Malta. It's amazing. Thank you guys all over the world for supporting this show. I cannot tell you how cool that is. Just at the end of the day, that's amazing. Thank you so much. To all you guys, I wish I could read that whole thread, but it would take forever. This live episode you're about to hear, I tell you, I really enjoyed it. Usually with the live episodes, we like to stick to more lighthearted topics. It was a real challenge as a performer, but also such a cool call. It's a a mom who's raising a child. And the child is figuring out who they are. And ultimately, I think this is a call about a parent who has decided, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure my kid has a good life and the life they want. It's pretty inspiring. And it's pretty amazing that it happened in front of a live crowd. And I thank everybody who came out. Thank everybody who comes out to all our shows. And I hope you enjoy this call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like a fangirl right now. <laughs> Everything's okay. I know, but you know what's really bizarre is <laughs> I was getting in the bathtub and I have your book, Lose Well, and opened it up. My son's knocking at the door, Mom, Mom, I need to print something. And then I told him, like, hey, I'm reading the book. And he's like, what book? And I told him, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to get online because I think tonight he's doing a live show. So look at here I am. Weird. <laughs> so wait, are you in the bathtub right now? No, I'm dripping wet with a robe sitting on my bed now because I had to plug my phone in. All right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to get electrocuted. You speak very fast and I am overwhelmed by it. <laughs> oh my God, I do. Okay, I'm going to slow my roll right now. It's okay. okay. I just want to let you know, I think you were told about this when you called in. Just full disclosure, this is a live show. I'm here. There's, um, I think about 200 people in New York City are with me. Uh, they're listening. They're going to help contribute questions, but I promise you they're all nice and they're rooting for you and we're all just going to have a good time together, right? There you Sounds go. good. I'm really excited because I have a ton of stuff in my mind and I've been through a whole heck of a lot, so I'm really excited to share some of it. 
Yeah. Let me know what's going on. Where should we start tonight? Well, um, we are originally from Michigan. I was born and raised. And um, my husband and I, initially, when we first got married, both of us were at the age of 20, um, tried to have children, you know, a few years later, and were unable to conceive. So um, we used donor sperm to get pregnant. Everything was good. Um, we had two beautiful children. Um, and um, as our oldest um, got a little bit older, we noticed, you know, some odd things were happening. He would stare off into the distance. He would kind of shake one side of his body. And through, you know, tons of um, different appointments with different types of doctors, we learned that he had epilepsy. Oh, That's yes. no problem. You know, we could tackle this together. And, you know, we knew that there was plenty of things that we could do to assist him. So sure enough, we put him on medication. We were able to control it really well. Um, things were going okay other than my husband. You know, when we were both younger, we would party together. I became a mom, so I pulled the reins in and I stopped partying while my husband just kept going. And it caused a lot of problems between him and I because here I am raising kids and he's still partying. Um, he was an iron worker by trade and oftentimes at work, you know, they would get fucked up, they would do all kinds of drugs and he'd come home like that and numerous fights. Well, it got to the point where my oldest was, I don't know, maybe 14 and my youngest was 11 and I just said to him, enough is enough, I cannot do this any longer and thankfully, I think with that scare, he decided to um, put himself into rehab and um, he got sober, thank God, and he has been clean for two years. Wow. Which is pretty darn awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, with our son, you know, he had epilepsy, and I noticed he was sad a lot, and I always just chalked up some of his actions as being a tomboy, um, but it came out to me, he, one time we were sitting there and, you know, he had asked about, um, what I felt about, um, if he, you know, somebody in our family or somebody we loved was gay. And, you know, I was like, I don't know, it doesn't really matter to me. And, um, so he told me that he was gay and that's fine. You know, that, I mean, whoever you love, I'm going to love too. So honestly, I kind of thought that situation not that it was behind us but we were all on the same page we were just going to move forward well um his depression just escalated and it was out of control one night we were sleeping and he came to me in the middle of the night and he woke me and he said mom I want to kill myself and I was it was like a springboard just like what, what the fuck just happened are you shitting me I have no idea where this came from so of course you know I coddled him and waited till the morning and we went to the hospital because I, what, what am I going to do? I don't know where to go. And um, they recommended a couple different options. And so one of them was like an IOP, which was like a daytime program for numerous weeks, five days a week with kids within his age group. I think it was 13 to 17. And um, so we put him in there and you know what? I forgot a really important factor at this point, he was still a girl. And okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I, just, I know, I know. I really yeah, fucked that up. Sorry. This is a lot out of the gate. This is a whole lot out of the gate. And I say none of that in an effort to uh, get a laugh. But man, there's like, uh, I, I will tell you, this is like the we. This probably could have been four calls. And we're six. I'm serious. It could. We're six. We're about four books. Yeah, <laughs> you've lived that. I know a lot of life out there in Michigan. Oh, and that's not that's not the end of it. You just wait, buddy. I Come had on. a feeling. I had a feeling, but let, give me a second. Just process it, because okay. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot. The first thing I want to yeah. say is that yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry that you've dealt with so much of that, and uh, it sounds like you're very strong. And I applaud you. And particularly, um, I will say that, you know, I have been very open about my own issues. And I've had that conversation 
with my mom that your kid had with you in the same way where I woke her up. And I know that that scared the shit out of my mom. And uh, thank you for mm-hmm. being a good mom and being ready for it and helping. And uh, yeah. 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 You have no other choice. You love them. So yeah, yeah that's that. That's not easy. So you said you just, dro- you just dropped that. I know. <laughs> While all this was happening, your, your son was a girl. And at this point, that is not the case. Well, you know what it is, is because I've come, become so comfortable with who he is now um, that I don't second guess it at all. And so, sorry for the rest of y'all that don't know him, but he was born a girl. And I guess that kind of goes back to the part where I had said, you know, he was a tomboy growing up and didn't right. think much of it, you know. I had so he loves that. Blue. I had flagged that you said tomboy. And I'll tell you, in my head, I was like, that's not what tomboy means. And turns out, yet again, I'm the asshole. Look at that. Yet again. Yet again. Now, yeah. I mean, like, you know, every time we go to McDonald's, it was like, do you want the Barbie doll or, um, I don't know, the Lego toy? And definitely the blue Lego toy. But. That didn't. That didn't really matter to me, you know. You love Thomas the Train, so what? I mean, little girls can love Thomas the Train. So when the gay issue came up, that's what I was thinking. I'm just thinking, well, maybe he's just a more masculine woman, and so what? You know, I mean, teach their own. Do what you got to do, and dress what you want to dress, act the way you want to act. I still love you. But then when we put him in that program is when um, the truth came out. Yeah. And, you know, so let thank me, God for the program to some degree. Let me ask you something, just on a basic level, and I'm not trying to just mm-hmm. distill this down to a bullet point, and I'm not trying to put a bow on it, because I'm sure for everybody involved, there's a lot to wrap your head around, and I'm sure that doesn't go away quickly. On a basic level, you went from having a child who is suicidal. Is your child happier now? living this truth is is that less of an issue oh heck yeah there is no issue with him feeling completely content with who he is it's just unfortunately some people in our society are assholes and that's where the only problem lies within his life living as a guy it's just people yeah, I kind of wish that was the end of the conversation, if I'm being honest, in a cultural sense. Like, that's the thing is, like, when someone says, like, when you tell me that, what, I wish that, I hope that's a thing people hear. Because I know and I respect that it's a hard thing for people to understand. I think for a lot of us, th- th- this is a hard thing that, that, that it, it, only within the past generation has this become a, a public, you know, a conversation as public as it is. But when you hear, oh, there was a child that wanted to kill himself, now... They don't want to because they've embraced the fact that they're a different gender than they were born with. I feel like that end of conversation doesn't matter if you fucking understand it if a kid's not hurting themselves anymore. I I wish that was the end of it for a lot of people. I know. And, you know, and now that I look back in retrospect, I'm just like, huh, that's why he hated when we would put pigtails in his hair, he would cry. That's why, you know, he would constantly want a super short haircut and, you know, me, traditionally, when he was born, I'm thinking, Barbies, pink dresses, woo you know, all this stuff. And so that's what I did with him, not knowing. But, damn, if I would have known, I mean, right out of the gate, seriously, if this would have been a topic of discussion, you know, 14 years ago, more publicly, I might, it might have dawned on me. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. And you sound, you sound like a real good mom. And thank you for that. You sound great. I, I, I think uh, I, I want to just apologize ahead of time, just because you are a voice on a phone to me. If I mix up at which point, um, at which point this transition happened or the direction it happened, I do apologize. I, I know you said uh, okay. born female has embraced being male. And at what age did this transition happen? Let's see, he's 15 right now. He's actually sitting right next to me. He's such a cool kid. Um, I think, you know, we probably just started discussing it at about 12-ish. But um, like I had said, you know, we were originally from Michigan, but a year and a half ago, we packed up our family and we headed south to Texas. We wanted a new life. 
um, with my husband's issue with him. He, we were in a small town and everybody knew him as a girl. I mean, we have nine cousins that were in the same school district, you know what I mean? So in order for him to progress and to be who he wanted to be, there was no way in hell we could stay in a 4,000 people town and do this. Yeah. <laughs> and same with my husband, you know, I mean, to be sober and still be amongst all the same people doing the same stuff, there was no way that was going to be successful. At least that's what, how I felt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So wait, did you, did you say where you headed to? I missed it. So you were in Michigan. Now you're in Texas. And a lot of people are like, why the hell would you go to Texas? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, let's get our, our uh, progressive family out of Michigan and head to the notorious liberal bastion that is Texas. And, uh, like, yeah, I'm like, I, to be completely frank with you, I am not a political person. Never put two and two together with that. I have no idea why. Never really traveled outside of Michigan. I'm just thinking, you know, the where we're located. I mean, I'm going to say it, the FW area. It's huge, huge. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking a massive population. There's got to be people like us somewhere. You know what I mean? Wow. So you just and said, then, yeah, my husband. You just had said, an opportunity to work. So that's awesome. You just said my. My husband needs to get out of this headspace. My kid needs a new, uh, new reset button, needs a new chance at life. Let's uproot everything, get the fuck out of here, protect our family. Yeah, exactly. Hell None yeah. of the shit mattered anymore. Yeah. yeah. I like you. You're a good mom. I like that. I, I do like you, too. <laughs> I, I love listening to you when I'm at work every day. I'm just, I look around because, you know, I'm in a cubicle and I look around, I'm like, holy shit, did you just hear that? Like they're, like they're listening, you know, but they're not. And I'm just like, oh, shit, nobody heard that. That was so cool. I just love the way you think. You're such a cool cat. Yeah, I called you cat. Meow. Just so you know, <laughs> I just want to let you know what happened here in the room in New York City, which was as you referred to me as such a cool cat, I did nothing. I stood totally still with the same expression on my face, and you heard the crowd start laughing at the very idea that I am a, quote, cool cat. You heard people just laugh at that. That's what you heard. So I'm glad you think I'm a cool cat. I want to reach oh my God. That's there's, there's a couple things coming in from our audience here, our live audience tonight. Uh, Jacob says, uh, tell him NYC says what's up and supports the shit out of him. That's a good thing that's coming in. Um, nice. That's a good one that we just heard. Oh, Jacob also wants to know, what did the rest of your family think? I think that that's a good question because I tell you that when you think Michigan iron worker... I think just, again, yeah. maybe it's the ignorance of us Northeastern liberals. I don't think we're thinking that's the most forward-thinking uh, pocket for, no. for a kid to transition. Yeah, you're completely correct. And, you know, I think things certainly do happen for a reason. <laughs> maybe my husband wasn't sober through the beginning of this for a reason because he had to come to grips, you know, and um, kind of... A manly man, um, you know, to do everything on his own. Definitely no part of him has any femininity at all. And so to kind of, you know, drop down a few pegs and be sincere and gentle and kind, um, going through his sobriety and going to meetings and getting real with people and connecting and all that kind of stuff, I really think that is what got him to a place where he is right now, which is love and compassion. And sometimes I even think maybe even more than me, like sometimes maybe if I don't stick up, he's like, why the hell didn't you say something? You know? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I didn't think about it, but yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So you, you head to Texas and a part of this is so that your son can kind of live a new life. You said that everyone was in the same school system, was aware of this transition. It was a little impossible to just um, let this be uh, at maybe maybe to shed some of the past and move on. When you go to Texas, is this something that when your son's going to school, is this something you're not telling people or is there an effort to build like a support system? Is there... Anything to be said? Well, yeah, like, you know, 
with our family and stuff, you know, when we decided to leave Michigan, we sold our home and every single thing that we owned except for one vehicle. And we bought a fifth wheel and we packed what we thought we would need. And that's how we traveled here. So we initially set up shop at a campground. And um, like I said, you know, I have a, another child. She's 11. And so oftentimes, unfortunately, now looking back, she was put on the back burner um, because we had, you know, epilepsy. We had my husband. We had my son. And she just rolled with the punches. And um, she's she's a great kid. She supports my son fully. So the four of us definitely are a support system. So when we first got here and I enrolled him in a public high school, I did go in front of him, you know, before him and met with counselors and so forth. And I was like, hey, you know, this is our story. This is what I want for him. Are you on board? And absolutely they were. And the first high school he went to, there was no issues because there was so much diversity on every different level that he was just another kid and it was perfect. Um, so, you know, at first it started out very, very well for him in public schools. That's cool. Now you said at first mm-hmm. in the first high school, so that yeah. denotes that there's a second phase to this story that worries me a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, we, you know, when we moved there and we were in the fifth wheel, um, in the area that we were at, we had looked at different apartments and, you know, they had talked about this apartment being up and coming in a really cool area, uh, family friendly, and they were building it. So I was like, sweet, this is, this is us. And I put money down. We we're waiting. Um, they told us a deadline of October 15th to get to move in. So we're just hanging tight in the fifth wheel. October 15th rolls around and the apartment's not ready. We've got a couple weeks, you know, that we've got to kind of wait. Hey, no problem, whatever. They're going to put us in a hotel. And um, so my husband's truck got broken into. All of his work tools got stolen. Um, there was nowhere for me to cook in this apartment or in this um, hotel. It was, you know, it was just two beds and whatever. And so... <laughs> I would get one of those like skillets and I would put it in the bathroom and I took a picture of myself because I thought it was pretty freaking hilarious because I would sit on the toilet and I would cook in the skillet. That's pretty funny. I had to make it happen. Hold on. What would happen with the toilet? (laughs) Say that one really slow. I want to make sure I got that. Like, you know, one of those, like, I don't know, not a hot plate, but like a skillet you can cook on. You would you know, a hot plate you know, like, toilet to cook? Yeah, so I there was no room. There was not so one other surface in, in the, the hotel bathroom. room that could accommodate the hot plate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would sit in the bathroom and cook dinner because it got expensive eating out. What kind because of stuff those are you cooking? Weeks, what kind of meals are you cooking <laughs> on the hot plate toilet? <laughs> I wonder if any of our advertisers this week are selling hot plate toilets. We'll have to wait and find out, but you know what? That means you'll have to listen to all the following ads to see the products and services they are offering. Use the promo code. It helps the show when you do. We'll be right back. The Eero home Wi-Fi system brings you a fast, reliable connection in every room of the house because life's too short for bad Wi-Fi. The second-generation Eero and Eero Beacon allow you to build a Wi-Fi system that's more perfectly tailored to the home than ever before. When you add Eero Plus, you'll get total network protection with the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. By checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right through the Eero app. You can also get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. Ad blocking improves load times for ad-heavy sites so you can browse and stream faster than ever before. I got an Eero in my house. I tell you what, it's it's uh, it's it's this traditional Wi-Fi stuff. It's going to be a thing of the past soon. Eero is setting the tone for the future. It's very easy 
to set up, very simple to set up. Just makes it so you never lose your Wi-Fi and so that your Wi-Fi is uh, just sort of doing a lot of the work for you that right now you're expected to do yourself. It's a cool thing. You want to get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package? That's $100 off. You get all that and a year of Eero Plus by visiting Eero.com slash beautiful and entering code beautiful at checkout. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash beautiful and code beautiful at checkout. Thanks so much to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. What kind because of those two weeks, what kind of meals are you cooking on <laughs> a hot plate toilet? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. So when <laughs> so when you come out and your husband and your two kids are sitting in the hotel room and you come out with a big plate of spaghetti and that bright red sauce and you come traipsing out of the bathroom, is everybody like, Oh, that looks good? Is that the reaction? Or are people like, uh yeah. Yeah, what's you, we're not traditional. We're kind of oh, you messed don't up. Say. So yeah, that's normal. <laughs> you don't say that you're not traditional. I I I wouldn't I don't buy it myself. The family that drops everything, moves to a campground to support their new family structure. Yeah, you're not traditional. But I think even non-traditional people don't always take it to toilet spaghetti. I think that's a, that's a whole level of non-traditional. Although Mark in the crowd does point out, sounds sort of like a New York City apartment. I wonder how much yes. the rent was. It is true. I have For sure. Friends, I have had friends who have not had kitchens in their apartments they pay $2,000 for. Isn't that sick? Mm-hmm. I don't know mm, why any of us do it. I don't know. I don't know. We're we're paying a pretty penny here when we're staying in Texas for an apartment, but okay, hold it on. It is what it is. If you don't want to go here, you don't have to because I know it's personal. And when you mm-hmm. say you're paying a pretty penny, how much <laughs> are you paying, and for what amount of space? And I believe you said the the Dallas Fort Worth area. Correct. Okay, so how many bedrooms are we talking? Well, it's a, it's a three-bedroom apartment. Three-bedroom apartment. How much is a pretty penny? How much does that go for in Dallas-Fort Worth? $2,500. Oh, $2,500 for a three-bedroom. I'm telling lady, New Yorkers are throwing chairs across the room right now. People are punching each other in the fucking face. All sorts of New York chaos is unfolding. $2,500. That doesn't get you a storage space in New York City. Three bedrooms. It's Michigan. It would have been seven hundred bucks. You know, to us, that's a lot. Three bedrooms for twenty five hundred. What neighborhood do you get that in in New York these days? (laughs) People just yelled Bushwick and then Brownsville. Google those, America. (laughs) Google those. And and in that three bedroom in Bushwick, you're going to be living with three poets and two visual artists (laughs) spread throughout the three bedrooms. (laughs) And one performance artist. I've never been to New York, so I don't know. <laughs> People are I can saying, only imagine. Here's some of the feedback from our crowd. Uh, Jacob, don't push this. Someone's saying, I really need to make a, I need an artist to make a cool cat geth says slow down poster. No, we don't need that. Oh, shit. Laura says, I'm not going to lie. I'm re- I really want spaghetti now. I like that. Um... <laughs> Andrew has a weird request. Andrew, feel free to segue into erotica or any sexy memoirs you may have. I'm going to go ahead and say weird, man. Yeah. (laughs) Jesse Lee, I like this one a lot. I work for the health department, and I don't sanction cooking in the bathroom. Sky says getting a plane ticket and a suitcase. And uh, Oh, here's an interesting question. Um, Someone wants to know, uh, Jesse Lee again, wants to know, um, what do you know about your sperm donor? That is an interesting thing that came up that people are asking more about. Yeah. Um, well, how we narrowed it down as we went and we were given, well, I'm, I'm just going to call it like a big binder full of different um, people. It didn't, they were labeled um, letters and numbers. So it wasn't a name of a person. Mm-hmm. And, so we took, we'll call it 200 of these people that had donated their sperm, and we narrowed it down by um, traits that my husband has. So you have to so wait, eye so, color. Okay, so you have a folder with 200 options. You're matching characteristics. Mm-hmm. 
the general character, your eye color, hair color, your husband. How many of the 200 in that folder just say um, college kids strapped for cash? None. I don't know any of that. None. <laughs> it doesn't. Solid zero. None. And how much do they tell you? Do they tell you these people? Do they tell you the profession? Do they tell you like yeah. hobbies? Yeah. Really? Um, it was more like, um, you know, like I said, the traits. And then it would be um, college education, maybe mm-hmm. what they majored in, um, jobs, family, health history was you know, very important to us. That was high on our list. Um, so we were able to narrow down, I don't know, to about, I'll say 10, just based on my husband's traits. Mm -hmm. And then from there, obviously we wanted an intelligent child. So that took precedence and we were down to, we'll say about three. Okay. And then of course, health history and wambo bambo, we got one. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so we purchased enough that we could have multiple children. So then we kind of almost like paid a storage fee uh-huh. and held on to some until the time was right for us to conceive a second child. Wow. And do you still have any stored or are you done? Is two enough? Nope. We were done. You're done. done. Nope. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You've, yeah. I'd say you've, uh, you've, <laughs> you've put in the work as a parent thus far. It's fair to say. Yep. Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> hey, is your husband still an iron worker? Yep, he is. What does that yep. entail? Well, in Michigan, he did more of what they call um, connecting. So he would climb up the iron up top and connect, you know, major pieces that were um, coming out like on a crane. And wait, then like building, bolt them on and so Wait, hold on. You, like building buildings? You said he'd climb up the things and there were cranes and he'd connect the iron pieces? Yeah. They, so a piece would swing in and he's strapped in <laughs> and then he would bolt in that piece and move on to the next. How high up is he strapped in in these buildings? Are we talking skyscrapers? Oh, shoot. I don't know, man. Like. I don't know my feet and all that kind of stuff, but shit, he was way up there, like a hospital, we'll say. So he's up in a building strapped in, iron comes flying in from a crane, he has to weld it in on the spot in the sky. I'm glad I'm a comedian. That sounds terrifying. That's like my nightmare job. Is he one of those guys like from the old timey picture where he sits on a girder and eats from a lunch pail? He like that? Yes. Yes. Really? Yep. He brings his lunch up there? No, but I mean, he's the, the guy that sits up there, you know. He's the modern lineage of that old-timey photo that is sold on the streets right in this neighborhood. But if you think about it, too, like I had told you before, he was not sober. And more times than not, because I didn't want any of that stuff around me, the kids, or in our home, yeah. this, he partaked in that while he was at work. Of course. And you said, you said it seems sort of like a thing that the cult part of the culture of being an iron worker is you get fucked up. You, you had kind of indicated that. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, oh God, bad. Now that he's sober and, you know, will discuss some of it with me, but yeah, I mean like lunch was like a spread of pills, weed, Coke, beer. Yeah. On the job. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you're telling me that the guys building buildings, they're all getting zooted up on coke and then crawling up those girders like Spider-Man and welding metal together in the sky? Yep. That's like half scary yep. and half like the most fun job Mapped in the up. world. Let's, I've never no. done cocaine myself, full disclosure. I'd tell you if I had. But I would imagine that, yeah. I would imagine sometimes just to get the gumption to go up high in the sky, it's like, yeah, I'm going to snort a mountain of coke before I go do this crazy-ass shit. <laughs> well, I mean, they would work, you know, 60, 80 hours a week. And I'm oh not saying God. that you should do it because of those reasons, but I'm sure that part of what they were doing was to stay awake and bang out the overtime and make money. I support their habit. <laughs> Damn, that sounds like a hard job. That's like one of those jobs you don't even think really exists anymore, but it does. That's crazy shit. That's dangerous. Yeah. Wow. Very, very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's scary as a wife. Yeah, I would imagine. You, know. you got a lot of shit to worry about. 
oh my gosh, yeah, seriously. But <laughs> meditation has helped me a whole heck of a lot. You said your vacation or your vocation? No, meditation. Me- okay. <laughs> Thank you to the crowd for instantly correcting me in unison. I feel very insecure. <laughs> Now, you had said, you, you, we had kind of got sidetracked, I think. I think you were telling us that as your son switched to a second high school, that some things maybe didn't go as smoothly. Is this true? Yeah, because that apartment that we were waiting for, that we moved into, we had no idea it was on a, um, a major college campus. Hmm. Mm. So, we move a family of four amongst a ton of college kids, hurrying oh, constantly. Oh my God, it was insane. <laughs> insane. So you're on yeah. one of these blocks that's just all like party houses? Like you're on frat row? Oh my God, yes. Like I would work nights and come home and it would either be vomit or blood or dog shit or Wait, that's, trash. You can't lump dog shit everywhere. in a college kid problem. Oh, yeah, there was. Everywhere. Yeah, I get that, but that's dogs. That's not college kids. College kids, like, well, you're like you know that quintessential college experience, man, where you, you drink and you throw up on the streets and then you just let your dog shit everywhere and you walk away. That's not like as much of like an animal house trope as the other well, ones you're describing. It was still sick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still One sucks. time. I get it. We I'm have a dog. And I'm just having fun. One time we, I took my little, littlest one out to take the dog out. So we go down multiple flights of stairs. We walk outside. And when we walk out here, we see um, a dildo laying in the road. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, saying that in your sweet Michigan mom accent is a true joy. <laughs> There's a dildo in the road. <laughs> Can you say it one more time? There's a dildo in the fucking road. Can you believe that shit? There's a... T- can, we, can we please take a note, Jared? Potential episode title. There's a dildo in the fucking road. <laughs> wow. So as a mom, it instantly has to become a dog toy that we're not going to touch and we're going to keep walking past. Excuse me? That was my description to my daughter. I had to describe it to my daughter what it was. Because she, here she's got questions. So, <laughs> how does fucking that dog toy. I don't know if she's walking. <laughs> what? Wait, how, how does that conversation go? Walk me through it. So, we're walking and she's like, what's that? It's a dog toy. Keep walking. Don't touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. Oh, gosh. I just want you to go somewhere that is calm and peaceful and happy. That's what I want for you. Oh, my God. You're in the kitten. Road. Dildos in the rook. Amanda in the crowd so, wants to know what color was the dildo. Red. Red. It will never escape my mind. <laughs> never escape. Never. Are, we t- are we talking like a reasonable size dildo or is this like one of those cartoonishly large red dildos? Large, two-sided. What was large What? Two-sided. Two-sided. A double-headed red dildo in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, that's a dog toy. Keep walking. <laughs> How old was your daughter when this happened? Uh, let's see. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Wow, yeah, that's a shocking piece of life right there. I like that that... Right. Had- Again, we got sidetracked. That started with me saying, so what was this shift in schools like? And ended with us going on a long tear about a double-headed dildo in the middle of the road. Well, my point being is this apartment was fucking crazy. So I kept bitching and bitching and bitching that I wanted out of the lease. And they weren't listening to me. So one day I was taking the dog out. 
and I walked past like um, their main office and there was like a huge conference table. And I could tell because they were in suits and dresses that it was like a corporate meeting of some sort. And I had worked all night long and this is super early in the morning. And I called my husband and I was like, holy shit, there's a bunch of big wigs down at the office. I'm going to go fucking say something. He's like, do it, do it. I was like, all right. So <laughs> we hang up and I walk in the office and I'm five foot two, pretty petite. And I acted like I was seven foot, 300 pounds, laying my hands down on this conference table with a shit ton of people. And I was like, listen here this apartment is so fucking unsafe for my kids and just blah, 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 blah. You know, I went off and he's like, ma'am, ma'am, do you want to come in the office and speak? And I was like, oh yeah, I do. And I told him everything that was wrong with the apartment. So needless to say, they let us move out with no penalty. So, <laughs> oh, the laugh at the end, the laugh at the end. I like that. I like that you're like, I'm five foot two. And oh, I found a dildo in the road. And I went in there and slammed my hands on the table and said, fuck off. Everybody fuck off. my!" And then at the end, you just go, hee, 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 hee. I like that. I like that. I think my years of frustration, I just let it rip. That's fair. Andrew in the crowd points out, I called him weird for wanting erotica. And then we did get a double-headed dildo story. Congrats, Andrew. You got yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, so we moved you to a nicer community, which felt more like our hometown, but on a bigger scale. And mm -hmm. so we enrolled the kids in that school district because we had heard, it. you know, it's good schools, good people, all this stuff. And to be honest with you, the school um, kind of has more of like, you know, it's football, cheerleaders, jocks and a lot of that so he does struggle because there's not nearly as much diversity in this particular school right i feel safe as a mom honestly because of the environment we live in versus where we were at before but as far as making friends and stuff it's definitely been more of a challenge right so you moved from a very diverse school to something that's more like the traditional like friday night lights mm -hmm. version of texas that we hear yeah. about Exactly. Yep. 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 All right. And it works well for my youngest, you know, she, I mean, she loves all that stuff. And so as a mom, sometimes you get torn. Yeah. Like, who am I doing the right thing for who? And, you know, there's so many freaking decisions all the time. Well, it sounds to me, and I feel like this crowd agrees that you're, uh, you're rolling with a whole lot of punches in some beautiful ways. Uh, we have some, uh, some feedback from the crowd. Maddie says you should have slammed that dildo down on the table in that big meeting. That would have gone well. Oh, and Laura brings up something I think is really interesting. You mentioned at the top of the call that you used to party as well. Laura says, I'd love to hear a crazy story from the caller's young married days before kids. Sounds like there would be some good ones. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Um, you got to leave the room. I have to tell my child to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there listening, now ask your kids to come back into the room and say, hey, would you like any of the following products and or services that are about to be advertised on your favorite podcast, Beautiful Anonymous? Check these out. Use the promo codes. We'll be right back. We all need someone to talk to, a person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. That's where Talkspace comes in. Talkspace online therapy makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. Simply provide your preferences and Talkspace will match with one of their 3,000 plus therapists the very same day. Send your therapist... Unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time, and you'll hear back daily, five days per week. All you need is an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. Join more than one million who feel happier with Talkspace. Look, everybody knows that I have been a very public advocate 
for mental health awareness, for taking care of yourself, for taking the actions that you need to make sure that you're safe and feeling okay. I don't believe in the stigma. I don't believe in the shame that surrounds all this stuff. And I think Talkspace is such an innovative way to help try to provide people treatment that feels comfortable to them. And that's defined by their own terms. I think it's a cool thing. Talkspace has more than 3,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Make sure to use the code beautiful to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to everybody who advertises on the show. Now we're going to finish off this phone call. I have to tell my child to leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a kid. Because mom's a saint in his eyes. (laughs) Mom's a saint. But we know the truth. We know Mm -hmm. the truth. Mom's got a past. I don't know. I mean, God. I mean, in Michigan, you you know, summertime hits and everybody goes canoeing because you can get out in the middle of a river and act like assholes and there's nobody around, no law enforcement. And so we did this every year with, I don't know, maybe 30 people. And um, you know, we would get tanked. We would drink our asses off. I mean, I could put away a beer that I never knew that I could put away. Like on a regular day, there's no way that I could consume that much, but canoeing, yeah, I put the hurting on beer. And then we would be, you know, smoking joints and all kinds of stuff. Well, I'd get so fucked up that when the canoes would be tied together between two canoes, there was almost like a gap, like a V, we'll call it, you know, from the, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So I would get in the water and I was pretty limber (laughs) I was drunk and so I would like I don't know like flip upside down and kind of do like a handstand and uh, my bathing suit bottoms you know they'd be really far up my ass and I don't know I just acted like a fool (laughs) or one time when we pulled over in the canoe and it was a muddy area I covered myself head to toe in mud and I was (laughs) pretending like I was Sasquatch (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, just, I mean, crazy shit. We have it on video. That was pretty funny. You have the Sasquatch video. Uh, now, yes. At what age do you show the kids that one? Never. <laughs> Never. Is that a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. You say that like, that's a thing in Michigan, huh? Let's all get tie some canoes together and get fucked up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very big thing. Wow. Yeah. Jacob says... It's a really good time. Some inter- some uh, crowd feedback. That's Texas, baby. Clear eyes, full hearts, red dildos. There you go. There you go. Oh, people, um, Andrew wants to know, did you vote Beto or, or uh, Cruz? Beto. Ha. <laughs> The initial reaction from New York at the mention of the word cruise was pretty pleasurable. Right? I guess that's not so shocking with the life you've been living the past few years that you would support uh, Beto O'Rourke. Hey, we've got about 17 minutes left. I've really loved talking to you. Where should we take this for the rest of the time? You got. You always have so much to say. <laughs> well, you know, I I feel like with my son, you know, Unfortunately, I feel so sorry for him, but he's very well endowed. And so having, you know, large breasts is a dead giveaway, unfortunately. Wow. Um, He's ready to obviously get them babies off, but as a mom, I'm nervous. Um, We do currently um, do testosterone injections. Um, You know, it's kind of like the first major step for him. And it did take us a little bit to decide if that was going to be something we wanted to do at 15. And there is no doubt in my mind. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I feel like sometimes, you know, some people, it it might not be a forever thing for them to be transgender. Um, I don't want to 
say anything nasty about anybody because everybody's feelings are so valid. But I know 100% this is how he feels. Unfortunately, he got dealt a little bit of a shitty card to begin with. But I want him to flourish. That kid is so fucking smart and so beautiful, so kind and so loving. So I'm willing to do almost anything, but that part to me feels really scary. Yeah. It's like a, it's a major surgery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine uh, just got their top surgery. I believe that's the phrase, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And they've been posting on Instagram and uh, I said to my friend, <laughs> friend of mine, uh, who uh, is it, so you know, they've posted it publicly and they, they are some of them public figures. My friend Mal, and I remember ran into Mal and they've been posting pictures and, and now Mal can take their shirt off and public has been posting shirtless pictures. Yeah. And I was like, we have the same build. We have like the same build. It's really, it's, it's like, the, and we had a good laugh about that connecting. I was like, oh yeah. We, look, we got the same build now. It's pretty interesting. That is. And I cannot wait for him to do that. That is, wow, really? You're looking forward to it. You, and so is this, well, just, yeah. is this because of the level of comfort and happiness that you're seeing means that it's, you got to go full steam ahead? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, with the depression thing, it still is eminent just because of life itself, you know, even myself, I deal with it. I, I think most people, if you're not human, <laughs> I mean, if you're human, you have, you know, significant issues that depress you and so forth. And his are just, um, you know, out of his control. Unfortunately, it's just people around him. So to remove those and have less of the looks, you know, and he used to love to swim, but now there's no way I, I, I can't force him to do that. Yeah. How the hell do you, I mean, I bought like a speedo tight ass swimsuit and then bought the guy's shorts and a guy's like wet top suit, you know, thingy. So that like there was multiple layers, but it, it doesn't hide it. Yeah. And that's, and that's physically a lot. That's, that's uncomfortable to cover yourself and tie yourself down every day. That's hard. Yeah. Like today he wore, my husband's a big guy and he wore his um, MSU sweatshirt to school and it was like, man, you really aren't a double XL, <laughs> but I get why he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Makes sense. I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this, who this is where they're going to draw the line. Right. And I'm sure you run into this all the time. Someone goes, mm -hmm. how do you know about doing something that's so life-changing, so young? But it is really beautiful. I mean, that, that speech you went on about your love for your son was one of the most beautiful things mm. I've heard in the course of this show. And I think that sort of sums it up. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't want any bad things to take place for him. And that's what my biggest fear is. You know, when he leaves home, I'm not going to be able to walk two steps in front of him or give these son of a bitches dirty looks at, you know, Kroger or wherever we're shopping and be like, don't fucking look at him like that. You know, he's going to have to do this all on his own. And it scares the daylights out of me. I think, honestly, my biggest fear, and we've had numerous conversations, was if he's in a situation, once he does get the top surgery and maybe he's getting sexual with somebody, he has to let the person know right. up front because there are people out there that are going to freak the fuck out not knowing that in advance. Yeah. So how do you do that? I mean, hold up a big fucking sign. Hey, I got a pussy, but I'm a dude. Can we make out? I mean, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah, uh, that is mind-boggling. It's 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 one of the it's one of those situations that it's like you as a parent have lived such a different experience, and it must be so it must be so scary to realize oh, there's certain things I don't know the answer to, and your kids want you to mm -hmm. have answers, but it how could you possibly how do you how do you know how do you know how do you know what to say? You don't, you don't, 
And I, you know, all these people that are so against it and they think they know everything, it really angers me because they have not lived in our shoes. Because I tell you what, no person would choose to go through the shit that he's gone through intentionally because it's been a bugger. I mean, it's been hard for him. And do you really think anybody in their right mind would choose that for themselves if it wasn't legitimate? How can you, how can you be like that with somebody? I mean, they're people for crying out loud. Yeah. It's really, I, 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 the older I get, it's like, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that you could just look at a whole group of people and go, well, that's wrong. It's like people aren't, people aren't wrong for being people. What are you talking about? It doesn't, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. And this goes, I feel like the same thing for like immigrants. And, w- and when you, when you hear about like that's yeah. the other big one right now where it's like, what are you talking about? How are these invaders? And I, I know, I know people get mad at me for going political, but it's like, how are these invaders? And then when you see the actual pictures, it's like a set of parents with a three-year-old child and they're walking hundreds of miles for safety. Like how do you turn off your ability to see an individual so you can cling to your feeling about a group? I don't get it. I don't get it. Right. And you think about it, I mean, my situation is different, but it's not different. I'm protecting my kids just like they are. I would go to any extreme to protect my child. And that's what those beautiful people are doing. When you say Shame any extreme, on anybody. I have to say, when yeah. you say any extreme, I weirdly believe you. I would. <laughs> How far are we willing to take this? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Throw something at me. I'll tell you yes or no, but I'm probably going to be a yes. <laughs> Five feet, two inches of killing machine when it comes to protecting the people you love. I like that. Oh, (laughs) someone out here. Sarah says, mama to mama. Caller, you're an inspiration. How about that? Andrew says, if you don't run with Sasquatch, you run from Sasquatch. (laughs) How about that? Oh, Amanda's asking, does your son, is there there any sort of trans community you've found? And is your son finding support within a larger trans community? Yeah, um, definitely. That was really exciting. When we first moved here, there was a teen group that I kind of enrolled him in, I guess, and made lots of friends initially, but then met a boy and, you know, they hit it off. They dated. I would drive them to the mall. They'd meet or go to the movies and stuff, but they ended up breaking up. So he felt really uncomfortable going back and I tried to convince him, you know, that that's part of life. And, you know, he still can meet other people, but he chose not to go back. So at this moment, no, um, he's not participating. But I really look forward to the day that he can be with like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. Is he thinking about college yet or is that still a couple years away? Oh, yeah. I mean, this kid draws. Like, I mean, his drawings are amazing. And he's into digital art. Um, He has a dream of going to Cal Arts. um, But... You know, we'll have to wait and see. He's a sophomore right now. Yeah, yeah. Just got his first job. He's a a bagger at a grocery store. He starts Saturday. Wow, <laughs> that was <laughs> the New York audience first was start. emotionally touched by that specific part in a way that I have to say that melted the iron hearts of a room full of New Yorkers that your teenage son has a job as a bagger and that starts on Saturday. Why that of all yeah. things? Did that get a huge awe? Because he's going out into society and doing something for himself. You know, isn't that cool? I know. That's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. I know. Hey, what's that like in general? Even outside of any, um, any elements of your son's specific situation, when you see your kid go on their first date, that must be so weird. And when you see them have their first heartbreak, As a parent, are you just, like, going behind closed doors and, like, crying your eyes out for them? I mean, like, to go on a date, I'm probably a nerd because I'm like, oh, can I get a picture? You know, and I'm acting all like, do your hair this way, wear the cool shirt, you know, and helping out like that. But heartbreak, to be honest, I think I'm... I'm not a softie. I'm just like, yeah, suck it up because these are life lessons. I had to 
be um, coddling and kind and sweet and all this stuff for all these other reasons. But I'm like, eh, you know, you'll meet another one. <laughs> like, suck it up. You'll meet another. I just had a vision of my parents in 1995 just listening to the Smiths faintly behind my closed bedroom door. I'm wondering how they, sad they must have been. Oh my God. I, when I would break up or get, you know, dumped when I was young, we still had cassette tapes. And so I would go in my room and play the same journey song over and over to make myself cry. And I'd look at myself in the mirror and be like, Oh, you poor thing. Poor thing. <laughs> you would induce crying so you could then yes. feel bad for yourself oh, yeah. in a mirror. What journey song? God, I can't even remember. If you said it, I would know. I don't know. It wasn't Don't Stop Believing, right? Because you would know that. No. The crowd is now shouting the names of different Journey songs. Um, I do like knowing that there's some Journey song you've forgotten, but someday if you just have the radio on in your car and it comes on, you'll just instinctively break down in tears and your kids will be like, what the fuck is going on? What is going on? You're the strongest person we know. Why are you crying? And you're just going to be like, Steve Perry. <laughs> yeah, it'll go from in my car like Limp Biscuit to Journey Are to Madonna to Limp Biscuit to Corn. <laughs> Anything like that, yeah. Big Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> it's not like huge, but yeah, I know good music. Five foot two, mother of two from Michigan. Rocking out to some friends. Red Hot Chili Peppers is my favorite. Red Hot Chili Peppers. That I buy that a lot. I like it. I would have loved it if you were like, yeah, I'm all about the nookie. I'm all about the nookie. <laughs> With that cookie, shove it up your yeah. Oh, my God. All right. People now just suggesting uh, the song In Loving Arms, a popular suggestion. Um, I do miss those cassettes. That sounds, that sounds what? That sounded right, that In Loving Arms. Would you know it if you heard it? Oh, yeah. I probably would cry. Is there anyone in this crowd no, who knows no. the lyrics to the song In Loving Arms? Is there anyone willing to come and sing it on, this, on a microphone? I do not oh, know shit. it. I've never heard this song. You got some people clapping. If you're clapping, come forward. Hey, there's a second microphone. I made fun of it when I got up here, but it looks like it was here for a reason the whole time. Is there anyone willing to come and sing In Loving Arms? By your, oh, someone, are you coming forward? Oh, no, that's, no uh, that's a photographer trying to get the shot. A photographer rushing forward. Is there anyone in this crowd? This is people's friends now egging on. Caller, do you need this in your life? Yeah, like desperately. Do one thing for me, please. Desperately. Just this caller, thing. this beautiful mother who picked up everything, uprooted everything to protect her, her, her son, to protect her husband, needs someone in this crowd to sing In Loving Arms by Journey. I would do it myself, but to my knowledge, I have never heard the song. Is there anyone in this crowd willing to get up here and blow our minds by saying no one is taking the bait caller, not one person? Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Look at that. Three minutes, two minutes and 45 seconds of me and you just being united together in our icy, um, because people clapped. That's the thing that gets me mad is people do know it. They're just choosing not to be a part of it. Um, For sure. I don't blame them, actually. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I thought about numerous times because I like, I'll jump on the computer and I'll just start jotting down like things, you know, that I've been through and he's been through, we've all been through mm-hmm. and I like will compile all these thoughts and, you know, I just, I, there's something nagging at me that I need to do something more to help other kids because I hear the statistics all the time. I couldn't tell you the numbers by no means, but we lose a lot of children because of their depression and, you know, they can't come out to their families or they're living on the streets because people don't accept them. And I, it needs to change. We need to love everyone, period. I am with you on that. I know. I know, and, yeah. uh, I will, I will echo you and say I believe everything you just said is 1,000% true. I will also say on my end, not to bring up uh, my own stuff or to, or to make it about me in any way, but you mentioned at the top of the call, and I just want to say, if you are someone who's out there and you are depressed, 
wake wake someone up. I woke my mom up. Your yeah. son woke you up. Wake someone up and tell them what's going on because people want to help more than you know. And that's a, it was a, a little jarring for me to hear that story from your end because, like I said, I, I, I was on the other side of it and uh, that brought me back. I'm glad you woke her up. We've got someone who says open arms. It's actually called open arms. Update. The song is called yes. open arm. That yes. was it? That's what it is. Many years Carly is asking. Jacob said, Open Arms. Is there anyone who is willing to sing Open Arms by Journey? We have 42 seconds left and no one's saying the bait. It would be the most amazing ending to this episode ever. And instead, what we'll have is me awkwardly begging for it to a complete non conclusion. (laughs) We also have Jesse who says, Fred Durst told 14 year old me that my teeth were fucked up. Fuck Lip Biscuit. Another stunning contribution from our crowd. Caller, we've got 20 seconds left. I love what you just said. I'm with you. Do not judge people for who they are, who they want to be, especially kids. If I'm just going to go on record and say, if you are someone who judges a child, fuck off. That's, a, that's, a, uh, yeah, fuck, that's an official statement that I will stand by. Three, two, one. Caller, you're the best. I love you. I love you. you. Bye. Sorry, Sally. Sorry, Aunt Karen. I know I promised I used the F word less than 2019. Those were recorded before I made that promise. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Thank you, Caller, for calling. Thanks for everybody who came out to the Team Coco house, and thanks to Team Coco for having me. Super cool. Thanks to Jared O'Connell. Jared stepped up at that show. That was heavy lifting, but Jared got the job done. Thank you to Harry Nelson. Thank you to Justin Linville. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. ChrisGeth.com if you want to know when I'm out on the road. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe this show. It helps when you do. Thanks so much. See you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, a caller with a fascinating life story tells us how it led her to being a conservative. For me, I think I am more in the group that is considered, in the best of terms, compassionate conservatives, compromising conservatives, people who are much more along the lines of like a John McCain, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, like that group of people, I definitely align myself with them. But I think a lot of people who see themselves as liberals could relate to my story because I was a teen mom I probably have debunked every single statistic that you could have in your life based upon where I came from. It's kind of miraculous that I'm even here. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.